0: Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is on Patreon? Patreon allows you to support our work by becoming dues-paying members of our society. We are an independent, women-run endeavor with a commitment to delivering the highest quality listening experience to our community. And so we've taught ourselves how to record, edit, and produce a podcast in midlife, a time when most of us are asking our kids how to regram a TikTok so that we can deliver episodes that truly speak to you. Support from PCPS patrons means that we can devote more of our time and resources to the content, sources, equipment, software, hosting, and research that you've come to depend on, without worrying about how to pay the bills. So thank you. We appreciate you. From the bottom of our bell-bottomed hearts. My mind. I remember him having little nipples. Did I don't he? Think he did. I think it's just. I think it's just brown
1: felt. Oh, let's yeah, look at nipples. Come up. come up pretty high on him. Do so
0: they? Okay, I, so I'm imagining Ernie's nipples. Then I was not thinking about <laughs> like like Muppet. Christian's first fantasy below the water. Yeah. <laughs> Hello
1: world is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Oh whole lot of love is what we'll be bringing. We'll make
2: you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who all believed they'd die by quicksand.
1: We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we are saving the best animations,
0: videos, and skits from our generation's Sesame Street, as determined by you, and us, in a countdown of our top 10 Sesame Street favorites. I'm
2: Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Okay, you guys, I'm going to try something. Listeners, and Carolyn and Kristen, just see if you can join in with me if all I sing is this. Mana, mana,
0: do 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 mana, 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 mana,
2: All of us in this generation, and these past two weeks, we've been calling ourselves the Sesame Street generation. We are all bonded by these indelible skits, animations, videos, and songs from the OG Sesame Street. They have all lived rent-free in our heads for about 40 or 50 years.
0: Wow. That's a long time. Still to this day, (laughs) when I open... Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn. That's more than that 30 years. Still <laughs> to this 6. day, 6. when I um when I open a cupboard, I might go abierto. And Mike will go cerrado. <laughs> it's like yes! 30 seconds. Yes, thirty seconds. Just thirty seconds. Yeah. That made a lifelong impact on two people who grew up in two completely different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Abierto. Yeah. <laughs> It's just an orange guy trying to open a blue box. But also I've forgotten
2: all about that one. And Mm -hmm. now when you just said that, I knew I could picture it exactly (laughs) in my head.
0: We all know how to speak Spanish. Thanks to Sesame Street. We know what open and closes, but that's all, that's what I've got. It's all lived there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I can still
2: see the still image of the mad painter with his paint can and his brush. And I just know, if I just see a still image of it, I Mm -hmm. know what's about to happen. I know he's about to go paint a number on something he's not supposed to like a tablecloth or a sail or someone's sleeping
0: face right or I if I see he like I love how yeah. he made fours I don't know yeah. why I was so fascinated with the yeah. four he made the numbers perfectly like you could he, he made paint
2: them the number two perfectly. perfectly on someone's sleeping face like yes. I can picture the man he was in a um a floating raft in the pool, I believe, and he would just like the the painter would just appear out of the water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
2: he would just paint on his face. Remember that?
0: He would just and appear. And the paintbrush. It made, yeah. The paintbrush made the lines so perfectly. perfectly. I guess yeah. you just said that, but I'm still – I can't stop yeah. talking about it because I love it.
2: It was perfect. <laughs> or if I just see a still image of Kermit and he's dressed in his trench coat, I know there's something awry with a fairy tale. And he's reporting on it for the Sesame Street News because those <laughs> were some of my favorite skits that live have lived in my head. And do yep. you guys remember the videos of things like how crayons were made or how aluminum cans were recycled or how they made chewing gum? Or just – you could just simply watch a video of them spray painting the numbers or the lines on the highway or a, a city street. I That's lived so for brilliant.
0: those videos. So, And there were – our our followers on Instagram, they – we also head over heels for these little, like, slice of life yes. kinds of videos. One of our followers on Instagram said she and her sister were desperately trying to track down the video about how sweaters are made. <laughs> and the one with oh. all the sheep. But so far, no luck. Someone else loved the film they did with the mailman carrying mail by horse up to people in the mountains.
1: Yes. But the one that
0: people bonded over the most in the comments was the milk song. <laughs> In a that's video about how we get milk. I know. You guys, that's how I was too. But you have to go watch it because yeah. you go. <gasps> so I looked it up. Boom. Husker Dude. It's so gentle and lovely oh. with cows and farmers. And it's backed up by this trippy, smooth jazz song called <laughs> The Milk Song. <laughs> And at the end, it shows a mom putting milk into her cart at the grocery store. She's a black woman with a very stylish late yes. 60s hairdo, and I almost screamed. Yes. You guys, when she came on the screen, I almost screamed. I knew that mom. I knew the shirt she was wearing. I knew the earrings she was wearing. I recognized the bottle of milk in her hands. It was all so familiar. But what people in the comments loved the most was the song. <laughs> And Patina Reith said, I used to be a cafeteria lady. When we would restock the little cartons of milk, we would sing milk, milk, milk. Because <laughs> that's how the song goes. Milk, milk, milk. And she was not the only one. There were so many people who were trying to type how they sang that weird little milk song. I'm
2: going to go look it up. Milk, maybe, maybe we should put milk, it in the weekly
0: reader. We'll see. Milk. I think
1: we should definitely put it in the weekly reader. <laughs>
0: But that's what I
2: loved about those videos. It would show you the whole process. And then at the end, you would see someone like put the piece of chewing gum in their mouth or you would then Mm -hmm. see how it got to you. I thought that was like magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are countless videos and Muppet skits that played over and over again. And sometimes they're the exact same one, like the Ladybug picnic or that pinball machine. But sometimes, like in the case of the Mad Painter or the animated typewriter, that he you know he wheels himself out and he takes <laughs> his little like hamburger helper hands and he like types <laughs> oh, one letter. Yes, it is hamburger yeah. <laughs> helper. He like types one letter, like maybe he types an A and then a big airplane zooms by or something, um, or maybe it was like a recurring bit between Kermit and Grover, the ones that like frustrated Kermit to hell and back. But those ones, those ones sometimes change depending on the letter or the concept or the number that, they were, that was being taught that week, but we still recognized them.
0: Yeah. Right? We did.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what made this show, I think, so successful was the repetitiveness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We did not mind seeing The Milk Song over and over and over again. We're like, when are they going to play The Milk Song? It was sort of like watching MTV. Like, when are they going to play Thriller?
2: It totally was. Yeah. And we all had, as, mm-hmm. as we're about to, as we're about, as this whole episode is about, we all had our <laughs> favorites. So even as like a yeah. four or five year old child, I had enough, I would sit there enough and be like, oh, it's this one. You know, oh, it's the tiebreaker. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. But
2: if it's like, oh, here come the ladybugs, you know, and I could sing along with it, or we all had things yep. that just spoke to us more than others. And it's been different for all of us, as evidenced by um, this list we're about to share with you. But That's what was just so fun. It was just such a show for us that it was like a variety show kind of, right?
0: Yeah. They were wizards. They were child Uh, wizards. Child wizards. Cut that. I don't know what the hell that means. (laughs) So when we posted on social media and asked our listeners to tell us which of these was their most memorable, the response was huge. So once again... I put on my visor and got out my adding machine. I don't know why you need to wear a visor when you You do do math, but you do. It's Uh, it's kind of clear. Is yours like clear, maybe clear green? Yeah, it's clear. It's my math visor. Mm -hmm. And there's a band around my arm too. I didn't know what that is for. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. It's for doing math. All of a sudden you're like a dealer at uh, a (laughs) casino. (laughs) Does that involve math? I don't know. So I did lots and lots of math. And Carolyn and Michelle and I also contributed our most memorable bits, and things were weighted and given values, and I had to carry and borrow, which I don't (laughs) even think is a thing anymore. Well, it should be. I think think it's gone. I I don't think our kids know how to carry and borrow. No. Oh, That's another episode. Okay, anyway. (laughs) And then, voila, I've come up with the top 10 PCPS Sesame Street Favorites.
1: A one and a two and a chick on my chick
0: And there were so many nominations, and all of your favorites deserve to be heard. And so, if you stay tuned after the outro at the end of this episode, I will read a list of all the vote getters that didn't make it into the top ten, but oh, still nonetheless deserve to be recognized. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I like,, I'm like oh, I'll make a list. but that's when I thought there were twenty five comments. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, no. Like, I there I was 25 comments
0: in the first three
2: minutes on that yes, crowdsourcing post. I know. Post. I'm
0: like, oh, shit, what am I doing? Um, okay, drum roll, please. In the number 10 spot, we have the Alligator King. I love the Alligator I King. I had forgotten this is an about an, it. I to- I had forgotten about all of these, basically. Oh, so mm-hmm. with just a handful, I had forgotten about these. Until you see the animation and you go, oh, I know that guy. So the song tells the story, this is from 1971, and um, it's about the number seven. The song tells the story of an alligator king who is feeling mighty down and offers his crown to whichever of his seven sons can cheer him up.
1: Said the alligator king to his seven sons, I'm feeling mighty down. Whichever of you can cheer me up will get to where my crown.
0: Um, the first six princes bring their father luxurious gifts that all seem to go awry in some way, like like seven oyster pearls that get stuck on his alligator claws, and and seven rubies that he thinks are cherries, and he puts them in his mouth and he breaks all his <laughs> teeth. And then this was my favorite one: seven diamond rings that he puts on his foot claws. <laughs> the memory of the foot claws, yeah, like I, it's yes. just burned in my brain. Just you saying it, and like then, I haven't watched it. Just you saying it now, I'm like going, yes, yeah. yes. I know, right? Thanks. You just totally forgot about it. It's the like the most joyous feeling. So, unfortunately, those diamond rings on his foot claws, they make him trip and he falls down. <laughs> and then the seventh son comes in. He's empty-handed, but he sees that his father needs help. And this is where they insert into the song a little boy's voice being like, Hello, father. It looks like you need some help. And, <laughs> and he helps his dad up. And this is the son who wins the crown. It's Like I said, it's the animation that is so familiar to me. This was produced by Bud Lucky. The music was performed by a jazz musician named Turk Murphy. And then Lucky played the banjo. So this is just so folksy. It's so 1970.
1: I can hardly stand it. That was The Alligator King. That's our number 10. Number 10. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, coming in at number nine, which I was kind of surprised it wasn't higher, but that's okay. (laughs) At number nine, we have one of my favorites, Rubber Ducky. Written in 1970 by Jeff Moss. It appeared in the very first season of Sesame Street and its Ernie's signature song. It is a tribute to his beloved Rubber Ducky. It was actually released out into on the radio and stuff. And it, oh, I didn't know that. Yes. It charted number 16 on Billboard's oh, Hot what? 100 singles in 1970. I stop I didn't stop it. know that. If, like, today, like
2: a song from, like, I don't know, what are the, the, like, Bluey? I'm trying to think. Yeah. (laughs) The the Bluey was
0: on the (laughs) Billboard Top 100. Isn't it sad that we have trouble
1: naming a children's show? I mean, that just shows you where we are in Uh, our lives. Yeah. Well, and then they watch so many, like, streaming ones. They're not even ones we would have any exposure to whatsoever. I wouldn't know how to parent today. I would have no idea. (laughs)
0: Thank like, you for saying that. I would have known
1: yeah. it. But besides the song, I remember, and this might sound a little odd, but, you know, Ernie would be in his bathtub. And Ernie wouldn't have a shirt on. Ernie, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going <laughs> to say. I know. I know. <laughs> it was just... I mean, I was amazed and I was wondering, I would wonder what was underneath the Same. bubbles too. Like, was this a naked puppet? Like, there was a little bit of, Same. I don't know, some tantalizing uh, aspect mm-hmm. to it. And that It he, was naughty like, kind of like, wait, why is Ernie mm-hmm. in the... But the funny
2: thing is, it's so kind of um, kind of gross now to think what was under the bubbles. It was just some guy's hand stuck up
1: Ernie. <laughs> Not <laughs> Not a did we you even... That's yeah, a, a great point. I don't... Think I knew there was someone's hand under there. At least when I first started watching, it wasn't until later. I have vague memories of watching it with my sister and trying to catch a hand coming up. Like, could I ever see like the human hand underneath one of the puppets? Like that would be a really sneaky thing.
0: I think I was in denial. I was not looking for the hand. I certainly didn't know anything about the hand until I was probably
1: over eight. And and oh, for sure, yeah. I'm
0: looking away. I'm not going to accept this.
1: Yeah. I was going to say I was probably spoiling it for my sister. I got a lot Aww. of joy out of being mean to my sister, so I'm Aww. sorry Ronnie. Thank you so much though for that memory because when you just said
2: when Ernie was in the bathtub, 100% I relate to that. I relate yeah. to it wasn't like as much tantalizing to me but it was like what's under the bubbles like what I would try to imagine what his fur like what yeah. his body like does he have a little orange butt? Does he, you know? And it it (laughs) reminds me of a funny story that's just like um, family lore. Sorry, everyone. You're going to get one of those. Guess what my daughter said when she was little stories. (laughs) But when my older daughter was little, like maybe two and a half, I was trying to potty train her. And she was sitting on the toilet and she was just thoughtful, so thoughtful. And she looked at me and she's like, mommy. I was like, yeah. She goes, when Elmo goes potty, does his fur get wet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course it does, and it's just one yes. of those that I was like, you wanted to laugh, yes. but I was like, yes, wow, I've never thought it. Well, he probably wipes it, and you know, gets it dry, <laughs> yeah. just like. Mm-hmm. But th- she, that's what, she was just sitting it. there on the toilet and just thinking so hard, thinking about Elmo yeah. when he goes potty. But that's how I would get about right. Ernie in the bathtub because it was the only time you you saw him without his shirt shirt, right?
0: And I don't know if I'm making this up, but when you said he didn't have a shirt on, I immediately went nipples because in my mind i remember him having little nipples did I don't he think he did i think it's just sh- i think it's just brown felt oh let's yeah, look that the up i come up. The nipples?
1: come up pretty high on him Do
0: so. they? okay I, so i'm imagining ernie's nipples then i was not thinking
1: about <laughs> like like muppet Christian's i was thinking about below the water <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i, I was, was just i thought about it was a person house. you know i thought he was real oh. i thought like is hmm. you know that he's all the way on there not in a tantalizing, weird way, just like he's, no, he's like me. And you guys might think how cute Ernie's little butt would be.
2: It would be, <laughs> be cute. Be so cute, little felt butt mm-hmm. sitting on the bathtub and his little legs sticking out straight. <laughs> so cute. Oh,
0: rubber ducky,
1: you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you.
0: In our number eight spot, we have, drumroll please. The aliens discover the telephone! You guys, this was my number one. Was it? And I can't believe it's at number eight, because this is my number one. I love the aliens. So you have these two fuzzy aliens, right, who are terrified of things like clocks and books and telephones, and they're best known for their language. They go, yep, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, 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 nope, 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 oh And when they get scared, they hide underneath their lower lip, which shoots up to cover (laughs) their face. So their lip is up by their eyeballs on top of their head. So they have they have a, a book that they will consult about these earthly things. They'll go book 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 book, and they open. But the book doesn't help because they can't they can't follow the line of thought. So like they think they're consulting the book about a grandfather clock, and they think the grandfather clock is a person because the book says that people are tall and they have faces and they have hands and they're like. Gong! <laughs> right, it's just so funny. Um, so when the aliens come across a telephone, and they're very curious and they say hello to it. But the telephone doesn't do anything. So then they try mooing at it, <laughs> and then they meow. And their their lips are really big and they yeah. scoop out wide and they right. go meow, <laughs> looking at the telephone, waiting for it to respond. But nothing, nothing. But then the phone rings, and they get very excited, and they go, Bring. <laughs> <laughs> and they start imitating the telephone, and all is right with the world. Oh, my God. Ah.
1: Oh. Oh. Oh.
2: Well, coming in at number seven is a su- huge surprise to me, that it's not higher on our list, but coming in at number seven is Manomana. So, did you know that Manomana is actually the name of the Purple Muppet with the wild orange hair and that furry oh. green kind of beatnik-looking tunic? Oh no, oh, I song. didn't know that. Yeah, that's actually what they called him. He had some other names in the past, but um, for the most part, it's phenomena. He was sometimes referred to as Harry, but um, an early version of this sketch first appeared on Sesame Street on November 27th, 1969, just 17 days after Sesame Street premiered. But it was an appearance of Jim Henson and his Muppets on the Ed Sullivan show on November 30th that same year, doing phenomena that c- cemented the song's fame. It just went crazy. Everybody couldn't get enough of it. The first version, the one from the late 60s and early 70s, this is the one I'm most familiar with. It's the two little girl puppets, and they're just trying to sing the song. Okay, <laughs> hey, let's sing a song. Should we sing a song? Okay. Do, 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 do. And then here he comes. <laughs> and they kind of look like they're surprised, but they're like, okay. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> you know, Manamana. And he just kind of walks around, and then he, like, runs back, and he runs forward. And um, <laughs> actually, interesting fact, but Manama comes in, and- Everyone just kind of sings together, and at the end, the girls just kind of wander off. Everyone's just kind of okay with it. (laughs) The version that appeared on the very first episode of The Muppet Show in 1976, and this episode was the one with Juliet Prowse, the girls are replaced by these monsters called the Snoths, which is a combination of snout and mouth. It's this bright pink monster. And Manamana in this version by 1976 is a lot more crazed, and the Snows are a lot more aggravated at him, and it's very funny to watch how aggravated they get because he's just kind of losing his mind with the Manamanas, you know. <laughs> so there's two versions that you should look up, and they're both um, they're both pretty funny. Manamana.
1: Manamana. 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 Fun fact:
2: Did you know that this song originally appeared in a steamy film about Swedish sexuality?
0: Wait, the actual song. Yep, it
2: was written by I forgot. um, I didn't write it down, but it's um, it was it was an actual song, and it originally appeared in a racy Italian film called Svezia Inferno e Paradiso. I don't know if I said that right. It means Sweden, heaven <laughs> and hell. And there's a scene where a bunch of Swedish models crowd into a sauna and they're just wearing bath towels. If you just search Menomena, though, on the if you're on the Muppet w- Wiki fandom, it gives you all the different versions of Menomena and it gives you this. And in the background, you hear it, and it's going do 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 ba do 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 It's not the phenomena It's just the it's like the original it's a, Boom chicka So, you guys, I'm definitely putting in a link to this fun article that I got this whole... This was not on the Muppet Wiki, dot fandom, whatever it is. Um, this was... Um, I think it was Menomina Turns 50. It was just this fun article I found um, online. And I'm going to definitely put a link to that in this week's um, weekly reader because there is a lot more fun facts about this song. We just don't have time today um and really links to some really fun youtube versions including one from the uk version of the office where the cat on the office oh, they were singing yeah. it and another really cute one with sandra bullock from a show called muppets tonight um in the 2000s where she's doing a version of it so it'll I'll never put a link die to it'll yeah. never
0: die because it's the funniest thing that's ever been produced let's just be honest right well and that's well, you, you know, know like we said at the very beginning
2: that's just one of those things for our age mates that you can just walk mm-hmm. up and say to anyone i i challenge you to you know, we always say if you need an icebreaker at a cocktail party, say like, "What's your favorite Brady Bunch episode?" or "What was your first concert?" How about this one? Just walk up to someone and go, "Minamina,"
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and see either what they love do. You or run away, and then see you'll if know. they go. do do do, do, right right away. do or yes. that's your vetting process. Yeah, <laughs> are we you friends? People. We won't be friends.
1: I have a mm-hmm. little story that just came to me as you were singing <clears> it, and when you talked about it being on the Muppet Show. Because for some reason, there was always a part of me, and it makes sense now, that kind of didn't really like that song. It, it gave me a weird feeling. And now I've just put two and two together. It's what? four. Okay, here you go. Yeah. It, the Muppet Show would be on, on, like, Saturday nights. Maybe it was syndicated, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it would come on at, like, 6.30 and before, like, regular TV. And lots of times my parents would be going out. And we were having a babysitter come. And I didn't like babysitter. I didn't like when my parents went out. I just – it was I was one of those kids. I didn't like sleeping over places a lot of times, and I didn't like when my parents weren't home. And so lots of times that song, you know, that show would be on, and that song would come on, and it would give me – I can just feel it now. Like when you were saying when it would be on The Muppet Show – and I didn't like it because I remembered how I felt when I was watching it oh, when I was God. a kid because oh. oftentimes my parents were getting ready to go out and we were just waiting for the babysitter to yeah. come over. Oh, But it goes back, Carolyn, to just what we
2: talked about last week, music. I mean, it's like science, the way it, uh-huh. it unlocks just so many different kinds of memories for us. Like that's and just deep. amazing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number six. Number six is going to warm your heart. In our number six spot, we have... Two Little Dolls. One, two, two
1: little dolls. One, two, two little chairs. Two little dolls, two little chairs. Two little
0: girls and a little dollhouse. And Annette said in our comment section, Two Little Dolls was my favorite. It was the two little girls playing with the Madame Alexander dolls in the house and the two kittens come into the dollhouse and mess everything up. And it's like you can hear... Yes. If you could hear words typed on a screen these would be like joy bouncing off the walls like she's so excited to be given the opportunity to talk about two little dolls so this is also known as dollhouse in some instances and it is a song about the number two it's from 1970 it's a live action film by jim henson about two girls playing with their dollhouse and people were really into the madame alexander dolls do you guys remember these they were a big deal i mean i bet i had 30 I mean, my mom got us one for every birthday, every
2: Christmas, and my girls too. So I have all yeah, the old. Like I still have thing. all the old ones, and my girls got one for every birthday until they were probably like sixteen or something. So I, we have I tubs of them in their original boxes. That. Yeah,
0: we weren't I allowed to play with
2: gross. them. We
1: couldn't like play that, with them. Their hair was. Gross. Yeah. What was their the point hair of you Oh, dolls they're beautiful. You couldn't play with? Are you kidding? What I just didn't, I just didn't like no. the idea of a doll I couldn't play with. Like, well, they're like I collectors, just, yeah. and
2: they're beautiful. To be honest with you, they were way more for my mom than they were for us. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right.
0: Yeah, I think I think how Carolyn, you do really do not like animals who act like humans and do human things. My version of that is doll hair. I do not like doll, doll hair. hair. It freaks me out. Doll hair, yes. And my wow. memory of Madame Alexander dolls is like the hair is all ratty, and then I'd see the holes wait. in the head. And wait, I didn't like. You're it. You're thinking of a different doll. I think
2: the Madame oh, Alexander no. doll's hair is like beautiful and like so styled, almost with like a well, little hairnet over
1: it. it. It's perfect.
0: I, mean, I probably oh. ruined it. Yeah, you did. I yeah.
1: think that's what happened to me. I think I maybe got one like as yeah. a gift, and I immediately was like going to take it out of the box and do something with it. And my mom was like, "No, that's oh. not what you do." And And maybe I never got got one after that.
0: Uh (laughs) So in the video, two little dolls, and with their Madame Alexander dolls that I apparently am afraid of, they show us all the tiny little dollhouse things, like two little hats and two little plates and two little spoons. And oh my God, the little spoons. I was so fascinated with the two little spoons. And then eventually, two cats get into the dollhouse and they knock everything over and I love it when we learn things from our followers, when they just put things in the comments. I'm like, huh, is that true? So H. Falk said that dollhouse was actually built by Jim Henson for his daughters. That's his daughter's dollhouse that he built for them. What? Oh, Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. such and a fun fact. And the entire film was shot inside his daughter's bedroom, Cheryl and Lisa. So that was Cheryl and Lisa's bedroom. And the cats were owned by the Henson family. Those were Jim Henson's cats. <laughs> Let loose in the dollhouse. So Doris, who's she comments quite a bit on our on our page, she says, When those two naughty kitties barge into the house at the end, it's hilarious. And the two little girls being amused rather than upset with the invading cats is so cute. The little electric lights in the dollhouse also wowed me to pieces. And can we talk a minute, this is Dory's talking, not me, can we talk a minute about how progressive it was for that time for the two girls to be of different races, mm. a Caucasian girl and an Asian girl? When I got older, I really learned to appreciate and admire that. And she's right. I think Sesame Street would have been the only place we would have seen that. Okay, coming in at number five is something
2: that was very, very high on my list. And number two, I believe, might have even been tied for number one. But that is Grover as the Waiter. And specifically the one that kept showing up again and again from our Instagram followers is the fly in my soup one. But really, I feel like it could be any of the ones where Grover is the waiter. Um, this is the one that, um, Kristen, you were even wondering last week about the, the blue-headed round, the round-headed yeah, the man, man with the, the mm-hmm. mustache. and the, So that's Mr. Johnson. And um, <laughs> Mr. Johnson is always the customer. And Grover is the waiter at Charlie's Restaurant. Um, Grover's always his waiter and always, always messes things up. Usually the sketch is teaching a concept, like in the case of the fly in my soup skit, it's teaching in as opposed to near, under, on, next to. You guys, I would get so excited when I see Mr. Johnson sitting at that checkered tablecloth (laughs) and know the hilarity that was about to ensue for me because I loved Grover. Adorable, furry Grover, your friend, adorable furry Grover, he was always so convinced he was right, and Mr. Johnson would get so increasingly aggravated, and he would usually always end up saying, why do I always come to this restaurant? <laughs> and as a kid, you're kind of like, exactly, why? <laughs> but that's the joy of it, right, that he does. And over the many, many years that this skit recurred, um, Grover would show up as a worker at Mr. Johnson's vet. After a few years or working at other places, Mr. Johnson would go. So they, they kept this whole shtick going for years and years um, because I think it was so successful. It was hilarious to me.
1: Oh, waiter. Not now, sir. Uh, uh. Yes, sir. Waiter at your service, sir. Waiter, there's a fly in my soup. Could you do something about it? There is a fly in your soup in this establishment? Yeah. I shall do something about it instantaneously, sir. Do you
0: know what my favorite part of Grover as the waiter is? Hmm is the, the cloth that is over his <laughs> arm. Yeah, the little white cloth. He'd hold his yeah. arm out. Yeah. And I don't even, I didn't understand what that was for at the time, but that signified that he was a waiter. Yes,
2: but it's, I was re-watching the fly in my soup one last night and it's so funny to watch him carry the soup because you know it has to probably be someone's <laughs> hand under there that's not, but you guys, there's soup in the bowl. There's noodle soup in the bowl. They put it on the table and you can see it moving around in can the bowl. You so real? Kudos to them for the realis- realism. Yeah, yeah. Because sort of tied for, this one, but in the same vein is another one of my favorites, was on my list, is Grover again, shock, but it's near and far, and a lot of people mentioned near and far with Grover. Again, our adorable furry little pal Grover, and I'm just going to tell you, the things I loved about this sketch, I'm sure are the things our listeners and our followers loved about this sketch, has nothing to do with learning the concept of near and far, but it's everything (laughs) about the clip-clop of his shoes as he runs- and the way he just gets so increasingly
1: out of breath. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see one more time? Oh, sure. I'm not doing anything. Okay. This is near. <laughs> this is far.
2: It is classic repetitive learning, right? But in true Sesame Street fashion, they made it so silly and so adorable that we learned it you can't help but not understand what near and far is at the end of that and oh can't you guys just hear the and here's what I do now as an adult I can imagine the person on the side doing the shoes you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. as you know it's
1: so cute I love it very cute well coming in at number four was actually my number one and it is the baker in the chef's hat falling down the stairs (laughs) <laughs> two <it>. chocolate <laughs> pies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Well, well, let me tell you. In my mind, it's a standalone <clears throat> thing. But it's actually a part of um, a series of, of a longer segment called the numerosity films. Oh, which I had no idea. Each film, if you remember, it opened with an animated sequence where kids are counting up to ten. And it's like a kaleidoscope of numbers that are coming like at us. And the kids are yelling it. And then, or not yelling it, they're saying it. And that's
0: actually, that animation was like very new and um, cutting edge
1: animation. Hmm. It was like a
0: spirograph on your TV screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So they count forward to 10 and then back to one. And um, then another animated sequence followed, and children would count to the specific number. And then, um, there'd be other animated numbers kind of zooming around the screen. So what would happen? It'd be go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, you count backwards. And then you'd know what the number was going to be for this episode. So it'd be like one or two or whatever. And then there were different, um, human characters, like jugglers, professors, um, and they would have objects somewhere in this uh, film. So it might be like, Four bananas, and you, they would count the bananas. And then finally, the baker, that we'd call out whatever number it was, so if it was, again, like four, be four banana green pies, and he'd be holding them. And that was actually <laughs> Jim Henson's voice that was saying that. Oh, and oh. Um, Alex Stevens was our baker who would tumble down the stairs, actually a professional stunt performer – At one point was actually the president of the East Coast Stuntman's Association, (laughs) and um, he was good at these pratfalls. Now, our um, founder of Sesame Street, or our creator, Joan Ganz Cooney, did not like the baker's sketch. Oh, she didn't? Oh, not at all. She said, she basically said, I don't like it. Um, Very, in a flat voice, she's like, I don't like it. Banana peel humor, that's male, and it's from age four on. Younger children, two-year-olds, say they think he's hurt, and then why does the guy stay? And then she says, this show, meaning this this show of falling Mm -hmm. down the stairs, is definitely male-oriented. And the films were eventually taken off the show for being deemed too violent.
0: What? (laughs) Okay, this is very interesting because I don't disagree with her, and yet – it's our favorite. Same. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that too. Like as Carolyn's
2: yeah. reading that, I'm thinking, oh, that makes kind of sense. But I was thinking, yeah. oh, I loved it.
1: It made I mean, me laugh clearly, so hard. It came hard. in at
0: number. What are we on? Number four. I mean, yeah, that's yeah and high it was my number, number top one. 10 list.
1: It's my number one. I, I gotta say, I guess I can see it now. And I probably, oh, should you do like be, to watch YouTube be more videos of people oh, falling down. I do. Perhaps yeah. could it be mm-hmm. that the baker <gasps> falling down the steps? was my initiation oh, into my enjoying people tripping and falling and slime. That was the beginning yes, of it Yes, I'm just going to say for yes. Listeners, <laughs>
0: Carolyn will sit in front of her iPad and watch YouTube videos of people falling down and laugh her ass yeah. off. It's her terrible. favorite is on ice.
1: Yes. Yes, when
0: people <laughs> fall on ice. That's horrible. Mark and John my Gans would say, that's male. That's male and I'm neighbor. probably,
1: uh, as I've said many <clears> times, <throat> it's probably how I'm going to perish from this earth is I'm going to slip <laughs> and fall somewhere. It's just or karma. Carrying a
0: whole b- or carrying trays of cakes and <laughs> yes, falling down the exactly. stairs. You know what's funny? In the comments, a lot of people thought that the guy falling down the stairs was Mr. Bentley from the Jeffersons. Totally can see that. Yes. Right? But yes. that's, and they're, but they're not. They're not completely wrong because Mr. Wait. Bentley is on Sesame Street. He's the Mad Painter. Oh, he is the Mad Painter. You're the like Mad Painter. Right. Yes, he From is. From the Jeffersons. Yeah. Paul yeah. Benedict, I think, oh. is his name.
2: We'll always just see him coming up out of the water. Yeah. So coming in at number three was my most memorable animation. And um, that's the Ladybug's Picnic.
0: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. The Ladybug's came to the Ladybug's Picnic.
2: But there's really not much to say other than this is the classic and well-remembered animation with 12 little ladybugs gathering for a picnic. But I think it's the song that's, that is what makes this so memorable and the singer's voice. And it was sung by a folk singer named Jim Queskin. And it's not Creskin, and I can't say my R's. It's actually <laughs> Questkin. <laughs> and I just loved it so much, and I still love it, uh, you know, no matter... What tried to knock those little ladybugs down? They were falling on their faces, out of their little bags, a broken jump rope. They just made the best of it, didn't they? They were just silly little guys making the best of it. And then at the end, they chattered about the high price of furniture and rugs, as as ladybugs do when they're around a bonfire, I would imagine. So, so memorable to me.
1: They talked about the high price of furniture and rugs and fire insurance for ladybugs, ladybugs dwell at the ladybugs picnic
0: um following closely on the heels of the Ladybug's picnic is our number 2 spot and that goes to 123456789 12. the pinball number count
2: <laughs> it's really good
0: and i i rated this one super high it was probably in my number 2 spot too i can't not sing it i sing it all the time i still sing it and on um on Instagram, Chris10 Sunshine13, she said, when I was on the phone with my boss just a couple of days ago and he was counting something and he was doing it normally, <sighs> I stopped him. I said, Hey, you have to do it right. And I started singing the pinball song. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve.
1: Four, five, six, seven, eight,
0: nine, ten. Um, and here that's this is just here's another example of Wait stop. And here's another example of our followers doing our research for us. This is put a nerd on it. I had to like break that down cuz I was like put didn't. <laughs> put a nerd on it. <laughs> she says, "Fun fact, all of the Pinball song versions were performed by the Pointer Sisters."
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: I know. That was the pointer sisters. She says, bonus fun fact for those who remember the animated numbered race cars. If you remember, they pull up one by one to the finish, to the starting line. Yes. That had a woman singing the numbers. She says, that was Grace Slick. No kidding. And I checked it out. She's right. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That That is is so amazing. It is the most 70s thing on Sesame Street. And I think that's one reason that I that I respond to it so hard because the graphics are psychedelic, the song is very funkadelic. It's it screams Kristen. Mm-hmm. I could sing in those that I could count like that every single day. Um apparently there is a band called The Dead Hensons and they covered a version of pinball number count and oh. they perform it in their concerts and then there's a 2005 episode of the family guy called the father the son and the holy fonds which is kind of cute and it features its own remake of the pinball cartoon with stewie encased in uh, inside a little plastic ball in place of the pinball and fox licensed the original audio so they could use it in the show
1: oh wow wow That's mm-hmm. so how cool. much did that
0: cost no kidding
1: oh, there you are you would not believe the morning i've had 12.
0: carolyn has the esteemed honor of revealing what the most memorable sesame street sketches amongst the pop culture preservation society
1: i'm honored to have this privilege of announcing the number one sesame street skit As voted on by our Instagram PCPS Society, the number one Sesame Street skit is Little Girl Going to the Store. Yes! (laughs) But that's not what what it's called. What is it called? It's actually called I Can Remember. That is the actual title of what we often refer to as Little Girl Going to the Store. I call it Butter." (laughs) <laughs> okay. Or we could call it stick of butter. And why do you call it that, Kristen? Can you recite for us?
0: Oh God, don't put says, me don't put me on oh. the on the spot. Because I just remember it's a container of milk, a loaf of bread, a stick of butter. A stick of butter. Of butter. Yeah. Container of milk, That's a it. loaf of bread, a stick, stick of, butter. of butter.
1: That's you <laughs> did, did I do it, it beautifully. Uh-huh. Yes. Aww. So in the Is cartoon. Talks, with her.
2: Almost like she's a cold. She almost I love her yes, voice. She almost she talks does. like this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um what the the writers of that segment were trying to do were to kind of show kids the importance of reciting something. If you recite something over and over again, you are more likely to remember it or to recall it. And as we know, that's all she says as she is going to the store to purchase a container, uh, a of, container of milk, milk a, loaf a loaf of bread, bread a stick of butter. But guess what happens? She gets there. She remembers the container of milk. She remembers the loaf of bread. But for a moment, she cannot remember oh. the third thing, and she takes a minute, looks up in her brain, in her little thought bubble, stick of butter. It appears, <laughs> and she remembers <laughs> because she had said it so many times. So she recalls it, and it, it's that butter. I think it's that butter, it and the way she just <laughs> oh, to me, it's to the, the, the animation. It's the way
2: she oh, walks. And yeah, she kind walks, of walks, with her hands like she, this. Yeah, her arms mm-hmm. kind of flail a little
1: bit, and, like. Can I say again, here is a little kid going to the store. Going there to the store. There is close She's enough walking that to she the can store. walk to and, or, and buy that stuff for her mom. Like her mom trusts buy her herself. to go off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wanted that. Yes. Well, interestingly, in my research for this um, episode, I came across a website called Let Grow, okay? And the whole mission of this website, it's a current day website, to promote the notion that our kids can do these things by themselves. They actually have stats about crime and how crime was actually higher in the 70s when we're watching all of these things happen on Sesame Street. And they're saying, this little girl, she's little. She's not even Mm -hmm. old enough to reach the counter at the store. But yet she's just proudly marching down the street. And they use that as an example of this is what Let Grow is all about. We want our kids to be able to do these things. And I just thought that that was really interesting. Loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter.
0: Loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. That concludes our most Gen X countdown of all time of the most memorable skits, songs, and sketches from the most well-known children's television show of all time as voted by members of the Sesame Street generation. Today's episode was brought to you by the letter T and the number 10. For top 10. Get it? That was the best I could do. (laughs) So clever. (laughs) And remember to stay tuned after the outro for a list of all the vote getters that didn't make it into the top 10. Get your pencils ready because you will get Who's Gurdude and you will be running
1: straight to YouTube. Thank you for listening today and we will see you next time. And if you would like to actually see some of these skits and segments that we've been talking about, we will be sharing the top three. In our weekly reader this week, if you are not already subscribed to our weekly reader, you can do that on our website, and you can also sign up on our link in bio on Instagram. It's a great read, comes every Friday, full of fun facts and things that we want you guys to know about.
2: And did you know you can now see portions of our episodes on our YouTube channel? Yikes. But yes, you can. (laughs) Just go to YouTube and search Pop Culture Preservation Society. And today's episode was funded by our supporters on Patreon. We like to thank our supporters by name because everyone who joins our team over on Patreon gets a shout out on this podcast because they are what makes all of this happen. It keeps us trucking and we love them for it. And today we'd like to give a big thank you to Kelly, Christy, Julie, Kristen, Megan, Linda, and Melanie. And if you like what you hear, thank you so much for taking a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast, and rate on all
0: platforms. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. Two good times. Two happy days. to little house on the prairie. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Okay, here's our list of all of the vote-getters from our Instagram followers. I'm excited. The Pop Culture Preservation Society. They are our society. Here we go. The King of Eight, who loved the number eight. The King of Eight, something eight, something he had eight daughters. Eight is great. the llama at the dentist when grover sings with madeline Kahn, that was really cute the orange that rolls out of the fruit basket gets eyes a nose mouth eyelashes hair and earrings from items on the counter and proceeds to sing from carmen yes (laughs) i remember that i know this person says for most of us and in typical sesame street form it was probably our first exposure to opera yeah that is probably true the count the count. Anytime he would laugh and there would be lightning flashing, my brother and I would always go, oh, one ringy dingy, two <laughs> <Yes>. ringy dingy. <laughs> um, Wanda the witch lived somewhere west of Washington around her waist. She wore a worm. I loved Wanda the witch. Oh, God. When Bert and Ernie go fishing, how do you remember how Ernie catches fish? No. No. He goes, here, fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> and they jump into the boat. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. Yes. Um, Bert and Ernie in the Egyptian pyramid, Bob singing the days of the week, the song letter B sung by the Beatles, (laughs) B-E-E-T-L-E-S, um, lefty the salesman sells, oh, sells Ernie an eight. I think that's the one I was referring to. Oh, yeah. Sing, sing a song with Bob, which like we said is a hit for the Carpenters. Buffy St. Marie singing. I don't think I knew that Mm -hmm. was her, but I'm sure we enjoyed her. Um, Cookie Monster singing "Windy" by The Association is <laughs> one of my earliest childhood memories. Says this person who's walking down the streets of the city. Who's walking down, down the street and streets of the city? <laughs> but you know what? I don't think it's Cookie Monster. I think it's just a blue monster. Oh, we'll see. Um, teeny little <laughs> super guy, monster piece theater with alistair Cookie. Oh yes, the marmoset. A skit called. I'm a baby. And this person says, this sticks out in my mind because my cousins and I recreated the whole thing in our second floor hallway. (laughs) Oh, Michelle, I think this is what you were talking about. These three different size little rubber balls making little sounds while rolling around and trying to roll into the correct sized hole. Uh, No, I don't think it's that. that It's this. I'll show you just so you guys can hear it really quick. I pulled it up
2: and I just wanted to show it to you real quick. Let's see. Whoops.
0: It's like circus music. Oh, yeah. This is different. Oh, I think when I was, I think in the episode, I was thinking more about this one with the little holes. But this is cool.
2: It's like a little roller coaster track almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it'll go and hit all the different little numbers. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Next we have Ernie and the Boogie Woogie Bugle Sheep. I'd like to visit the moon, the little girl swimming like her frogs, the little Inuit girl showing how she gets dressed for the extreme cold. I did love that one. The daddy deer song for the letter D. I'm an aardvark and I'm proud. Anything with Don music. I have to look that one up. Hmm. When Ernie cuts Bert's hair, Bert's paperclip collection. Mm -hmm. When Ernie sketches Bert's face and Ernie (laughs) says, two ears, two eyes, two noses. (laughs) The up can and you down remember, song, sorry,
2: but can you guys see that on the screen? He was, and it was so cool. The like technology yes. was so cool. Yes. He was drawing, he was tracing his face, and then when Bert moves his head,
0: it was still there. That was unbelievable <laughs> to me. Uh, the up and down song with Cookie Monster. Mmmmmmmmm Martha. Um, the Born to Add Springsteen sketch when St- when Snuffy was still invisible. Oscar the Grouch when he met Slimy. Oh, James Taylor singing Jellyman Kelly. Here's a song about Jellyman Kelly. da um, And then here's another one of those live action videos. Beat, beat, sugar beet. Beat, beat, sugar beet. Beat, 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 sugar beet. <laughs> I don't know that one. It was about sugar beets. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the letter H in the Steel Foundry. Ernie and the Tweedle Bugs with their milk carton house and matchbox car with the button wheels in his window box. Mm-hmm. I that love was super the cute. Ten turtles. Jay Joe Jeans and his jelly beans. Hey, let's sing a song about Jay. Oscars. I love trash. One of these things is not, not like, like the, the other. other. Yes. Um, the lowercase n and we all live in a capital I. This person. Um, says those songs were my favorites. Those songs were really good. And it was true 1970s pop music. Like these were not children's songs. These were, this was actual like pop music. No Mm. wonder we love these. Um, Kermit singing. It's not easy being green. This person says it can still make me cry. Everyone eats is another one. I loved above below it all. Would that be Grover? I wonder Um, Kermit with a little girl saying the ABCs and she keeps throwing in cookie monster. Fat cat sat on the mat song. Bert doing the pigeon in his little saddle shoe dance. That's what I was hoping hoping that one was going to be in there because that's so
2: you would see his actual feet. And then, but you know, you would just see from his like knees down. Of
0: course, you couldn't see. It was so cute, so funny. Geeful and Gonk cooperation skit. Grover is the waiter delivering cream of mosquito soup. Uh, Country mouse, city mouse. Ernie and Bert trying to go to the beach, and Bert has purple hands. Um. Oh, The Octopus's Garden. Uh, Sesame Street brought us a lot of popular music, like actual popular music. We talked about Windy before. They Mm -hmm. did Up, Up, and Away, The Fifth Dimension, right? And then Octopus's Garden is The Beatles. Um, Bruce Springsteen, we talked about that one. I also loved Guy Smiley in the sketch All, Some, and None. It resonates with me now as I try to manage all of my tasks, coworkers, family, etc. I did love Guy Smiley. Also, The Cowboy – yeah, right. Very, i right. always your your do it. Well, yep. Brian
2: and I do it yep. all the time. We're like, hi. I'm <laughs> guys, Because <Miley."
0: laughs> the front of his head, it was on a hinge. in yeah. the front of it would go like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha. <laughs> also, the cowboy in the saloon asking, I want to know why. And everyone wondering, why what? But he wanted to know how to draw the letter Y. <laughs> so good. I think there is also a cowboy X. I'm pretty sure there was cowboy X. Grover is a conductor on a train trying to get through a snowstorm. Um, And then J.K.S.A. (laughs) says, five people in my family. I loved that one and personally held it against my baby sister for messing it up and making it six people in my family. (laughs) She ruined it. Um, Shauna has a lot of favorites. This is good. I'm just going to read this for you. My favorites that still crack me up are Cookie Monster at the library. He continued to ask for cookies, even though the librarian told him they don't have cookies, just books. They went round and around several times before cookie finally got it and asked for a book about cookies. And a glass of milk, please.
2: I remember that.
0: The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to to Carolyn, the crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanny Nanny, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you.
1: Love it, hit we'll keep moving on. Something always happens.